good afternoon. Uh, first of all, I'm not a very good speaker behind microphones, and maybe this is the second time for me in a conference. Uh, thanks for uh, the, the organizers, the committee who organized this uh, conference, and uh, special thanks for Bert de Vries uh, from behalf of the community. Uh, as a member of the Umul community, I say thank you, Bert, and thank UJ Project for giving me this opportunity to stand here and to, to shine the lights in, in Umul Jamal uh, as an archaeological site and uh, as ancient Umul Jamal as seen by the modern community. Uh, first of all, I am from Umul Jamal. I am representative of the local community. I'm here, I'm here not an, as an archaeologist. Uh, I was born there. I love the place. And uh, my parents were already born inside the archaeological site. And they lived in a place called Claudianus Church now, uh, the complex of the Claudianus Church. Uh, I started working with, uh, with the Omul Jamal project in the early 90s with Bert as a worker with him, you know, with his students. I grew up close to the, sorry, I'm not good in slides. I'll do it, I'll do it. Okay, you do it. Uh, this is a recent uh, picture uh, by Jeff Decock. Uh, I born close to the side. I don't want to speak too much about myself, you know. This is one of the pictures that uh, early 90s with Bert, with Bert de Vries, you know, we have a discussion about uh, the looting of the, of the Nabataean Roman chambers, you know, uh, surrounded the, the archaeological site. Uh, living in the ruins, you know, uh, Masai tribe, my tribe, okay, the first mention of the Masai tribe in, in history by inscription dated to 739 Al-Hijra date. That's, I mean, about 700 years from the present time. Masai lives in the archaeological site using a hair tint, and we already document this with the, with the Umul Jamal project. We, we document the remains of the stones that cover the, what we call the rawag, or the covering of the, of the hair tint. Uh, this inscription was found east of Umul Jamal in Al-Harra, I think many of you are familiar with this uh, site. And uh, in 1970, in 1971 exactly, we have a law from the from the government that the people should leave the, the archaeological site. And this is one of the the slides can show you the life in the ruins. You can see a woman. She is cleaning the wool of the of the sheep close to the reservoir. I grown up there, and I was drinking from the main reservoir until to the 1984. Okay, and as you see here, we can see the camels, the Bedouins. The, I mean, the Masai family, uh, the tribe use use the site, you know, to protect the site and keep their animals and their camels inside the archaeological site. After 1971. After the, the it's, it's, we call it the, the transition from the, 
from the archaeological side and from the, uh, from the hair tent to a mud houses. Uh, this, is a, this is one of the examples of the, of the mud houses and are surrounded on Muljmal, but Jeff, if you go back, we'll show you something. If you look to the, to the, to the right side of the door, you could see, uh, where is the, yeah, Hassan Salim. Most of the people who lived in Muljmal from the Masai tribe, they put their names, and until now, until now, the, the local community in Muljmal, they know the places, but like, uh, like the, the, we have the tribe and the family's names, like uh, Hassan Salim, al awaisi you know, this is al awaisi house, this is the Sroor house, this is uh, Hazza house, this is, you know, we still, the community still give the names, you know, for example, the Praetorium, they call it al awaisi house. And still, until now, they, they, they say about the al awaisi house. Then it starts, you know, moving to the, to the mud house around the side. Since, the, uh, since 70, 1971, when uh, the Department of Antiquities took over the site and fenced it, people find out that uh, the use of, 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 uh, of the site, it's become so weak, you know, the attention, the awareness of the site has become very weak, and people start to move stones from the archaeological site to build their own houses, and the first person who you go to the slide, Jeff, the fit, no, to the Sheikh Khair Surah. This is the Marianas Church. This is uh, a photo taken by Howard, Howard Butler in 1905, Princeton uh, expedition to the to South Quran. And you could see one of members of Masai tribe standing in the main gate of the Marianas Church. If you go back to the, to the church, Jeff, you can see the arches are standing here, but suddenly after 1971, uh, go. Sorry for, yeah. Now, this is Numerianus Church. All the stones of Numerianus Church, it's become the Sheikh Haile Surur House. And this is one of the examples of the houses was built by, by, by the stones of Umul Jamal. And until now, by the way, until now, people still use the archaeological stones to build their, to, to help in, 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 in the, this is the group photo, you know, of uh, Bert de Vries stuff, you know, and student, you know, in front of the, of the Numerianos, the remains of Numerianos church, you know, Sheikh Hausrur house right now, where, where, we, where we are staying, and this, is, this has become our research center now, you know, we rent it, you know. Uh, okay. Now we put the light, you know, in the uh, looting. What you see here, you see the road is crossing like small spots, you know, small holes, you know, all around. These holes, you know, it's over maybe at least 2,000 graves have been digged by the looters. Uh, and this is about 1% from what you see around the Muljumal. We, uh, we did an aerial photo, you know, by uh, a colleague, you know, we use like a small airplane, you know, with the UJ project with Bear Debris. And we document all this looting, you know. The content is over about 10,000 graves have been digged around Umul Jamal. Now, uh, this is recently looting happened in the Southwest Church, me and Bear Debris. We, before a week ago, I was walking in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Southwest Church, it's in the Southwest corner of Umul Jamal. And uh, it wasn't dig, but before a week ago, I found this big excavation in the altar of the Southwest Church in a beautiful uh, plaster floor. You know, 
And now it comes in our shoulders as, as a local community of Umm al-Jamal to start to, to teach, to start with the kids, the school kids, you know, to teach them the value of, of their heritage and the value of their archaeological site. You know, when I grown up, when I was a little kid, I grown up in the side, you know, I was wondering what these stones, what these arches, what these inscriptions are. You know, and now I'm trying, you know, to carry this message, you know, to my kids, to the village kids, to the community kids, you know, telling them this is very important. This site is still the story of our life, you know. And we are going, you know, through the UJ project, through UNESCO, through SHEP, you know, through all of our partners, you know, to, to work together to educate the local community in Umm al-Jamal about the value of the archaeological site. And this is one of the mistakes, by the way, I'm not putting this in, in, the, in, the, in the shoulder of the, the Department of Antiquities, but this is one of the mistakes of the Department of Antiquities. You know, if you don't know how to protect, you know, a beautiful blaster floor like this, why you dig it? Why you make the excavation? This is a question, you know. It's direct to the Department of Antiquities, you know. Mo like, we have many examples of this looting and vandalism in the cathedral, in the West Church, and everywhere. Uh, and the site has become now like a source of, uh, of stones, you know, for, for the... For the uh, okay, this is one of the, of, of, of the 1905 uh, pictures. It's uh, the Commodus Gate. You can see half of the tower is standing. You know, the second one is a little bit standing. Can you show me? This is the, the, the recent picture of the Commodus Gate, the same picture we saw it before, you know. And what happened here is, this is the story of the Druze who lived in Umul Jamal, you know. And this is recently we, we are trying to, to, to record the ver verbal history from a people they lived in Umm Rumman. It's about 17 kilometers inside the Syrian border. It's a Druze village. He told one old man in Umm Jamal that all these fine stones that's built in this village was taken by, by the Druze. You know, 20 camels going and 20 camels coming carrying all these stones, you know. And he told him that, you know, they just, you know, as you see, if you go, if you go back to the Commodus Gate, 1905, you see the fine stones of the outside facade, all of it moved, you know. And all these stones now, it's located in Umm Rahman, in, in, uh, inside, uh, it's about 17 kilometers, but inside the Syrian border, you know. Now we are working, you know, uh, with the UJ project and uh, our colleagues from UNESCO, Community education and tour. That's what we did last year, you know, with the UNESCO, through the uh, Professor Bert de Vries and me. We work to educate, you know, the, the local community, especially the women, you know. And suddenly one of the women stands and says, Bert, I was here, you know, for, uh, I am 40 years old, and this is the, 30, the third time for me, you know, the, three, the third time for me in the site, and I don't know what this building is. It's just, just stones, you know. We took them, you know, more than one tour inside the site, and they was very happy. They know now what's Umm al-Jamal, what's the value, who's the people who lived here, and why they lived here. And they become familiar with even archaeology faces in Umm al-Jamal. And we include them through our excavation, you know, and we teach them 
you know how to follow the, the archaeological uh, the archaeology uh, system you know in in doing excavation the second jeff children you know school children this done by unesco and umul jamal project you know educate the children of umul jamal you know taking them a tour to the site you know i from my vision i think is to target the school you know the schools in the in the local communities surrounding the archaeological site is the most important something because they are the generation now yeah, they are their new generation who will take care of the of umul jamal We go back to Omul Jamal project. Uh, in 1972, I think, Bert, you start working in Omul Jamal, you start your excavation and your survey. Bert did uh, what we call it, uh, a consolidation for the gate of house 18 in 1981. That means the preservation work start in 1981 in Omul Jamal and also in house 18 and also in the barracks walls, you know, and still remain until now and everybody could go and see. 2007 until 2015 to, to the recent time, we are working now with our partnership, UNESCO, American uh, Archaeology uh, uh, ACOR, sorry. Uh, we are working together, you know, you know to, to preserve the place as it is, you know, to protect the, the collapsing walls I'm against something called restoration, to build buildings. We are not building buildings. Let's protect what we can see, what we'll preserve right now. And that's our target, you know. The new hope, as I say, you know, before, our new hope is in those, in the, in the local communities, the surrounded communities of the, of the archaeological site, you know. I think all of the archaeologists here, you know, our colleagues, you know, our scholars, you know, they should target, you know, in the local community, you know, as Ignacio, what he did, you know, in Halabat, and our colleagues, you know, in Betra, and the Wing Lion Temple, you know, those people who could take care of their place, you know. And this is one of our hopes, you know, teaching the community the value of heritage culture. What's the heritage mean, you know? A nation without heritage, you know. We are rich of heritage, you know, in Jordan, you know. Now, after all this, what we did, most of the people, you know, now, from Jamal, they're coming to visit, to visit the site, you know. They're taking their kids, you know. The kids start talking to each other, telling, telling them, we saw a church, we saw a mosque, we saw a reservoir, we saw a water channel. We know, they know now who is the Byzantine and who is the Romans and who is the Nabataeans, you know. They saw many inscriptions. They start to talk to each other, you know, then, you know, families start to come to Umul Jamal. They have hope. In the end, you know, and I wish it's not the end, you know. <laughs> uh, I would thank, you know, Umul Jamal Project, Bear de Vries, for 40 years. <laughs> this is me, by the way, yeah. This is me, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thank Per de Vries. Thank you. AIA, AFCB, UNESCO, USAID, ACOR, and SHIP, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, on behalf of the Umul Jamal community.
Stay there. Do you want to ask? Um, because you know you you left some good time, and I think uh, you can ask answer me. you can answer some questions. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Mufak, for giving this uh, insight from the community, the local community, and definitely this is great. Uh, the local community and the children, educating them. But uh, what I have been through is that the most difficult to get to are the decision makers and the big shots. Uh, and they are the ones who confront the most obstacles. It's not the local community or, or, or the children. Have you had contacts uh, concerning this with like the Sroor, they are very powerful, very well known. Um, okay. Victoria <laughs> Khalil. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just asking because this hurts. <laughs> yes. Um, Yes, we did, you know. You did? Yes, we did. And we have a support from all the community from Al-Jamalia, really. From the top? Uh, honestly, down. we are facing some problems, you know, how to develop into Al-Jamalia, you know, and who is the decision maker here, you know. And mm, I think that's, we, that's yeah, and I think we have a, a kind of understanding from His Excellency Saad Haile I think everybody know him here. Uh, he's the, the Speaker of the House of Representatives of Jordan for many, many years, and he is the... I think he's the third person in Jordan. He lived in Umul Jamal, and he studied inside the antiquity side, and his, his schoolroom is still until now in the, inside the archaeological side, you know. And he, kind of, he's very cooperative with us, and we have, maybe me and Bert, you know, we'll have a meeting with him soon about, you know, uh, as you say, decision maker. You know, he's one of the decision makers, yes, and who, he's one of the effective person, you know, who could, you know, put pressure in... In the in the in the government, you know, to and now really, uh, uh, behalf uh, of the mayor, the mayor of Muljmal, he's supposed to be here, but he have many meetings today in Amman, and he say hello for everybody, and thank. He was here this morning. He was here this morning, and uh, he's the one now. Uh, and thank special thanks for King Abdullah, our king, you know, because he put the, the, he shined the light in our Muljmal, and he issued in a in a committee especially for Muljmal, you know. And it's a good news, you know, and I wish, you know, in, in the future we will have some development project, you know, cooperating with UJ project and everybody, you know, all the, all the NGOs, you know, and the UN organization to, to, to go up with the Muljamal. Uh, another uh, question from Alan? Or there's well, actually, Alan. it relates very much with what you were just saying that um, I have noticed that there is a lot of emphasis upon the local community to be involved in their own heritage, which of course is excellent. But some of the activities that are taking place are happening, are being uh, directed from outside of your own community, and I'm thinking particularly of the looting, which is often organized by very powerful organizations. And uh, I think that um, that requires a response which is much more than a local community response. And uh, maybe is a little much to expect the local communities to become actively uh, involved in trying to prevent that looting. 
we are doing our best, you know, with, uh, as I told you, Alan, you know, to prevent this uh, looting, you know, what's, ha what's, what's happening in the archaeological site. And this is on our shoulder, you know. You know, I, I, as a member of the community, you know, I'm telling you I'm trying my best, you know, and I'm doing now with SHEP, you know, with the support of SHEP, with the support of the Department of Antiquities, with the support of the Ministry of Tourism, you know, UNESCO too, to start to do lectures, you know, for the, for the school children, for the, for the community, you know, for the women's, for the cooperatives, you know, Muljimal, we are trying to do our best, you know, to, uh, to at least, you know, when any one of them see any looting, he should help, you know, he should, you know, Hand by hand, we have to stop this. And we are now in we are establishing a new cooperative called Hand by Hand Heritage. And all this will be, they, they will be like, uh, um, all of them members from Umul Jamal, you know. All of them workers who work with the Department of Antiquities and work with, with the UJ project, you know. There's been an extensive, uh, uh, you know, s a survey of, of this kind of looting across the country and including Umul Jamal by... Uh, ACOR-related scholar um, uh, Morag uh, Kersel, and you know, so so um, it's a very complex subject, and in each study, so we're uh, you know, in the, as the sites continue to be looted, we are at least getting a better understanding of what the causes are, and that's what you are referring to. Um, we have time for uh, for one more question. I'll just make a really quick comment about something you mentioned, Mofak. It's a really interesting case study connecting to our theme of protecting the past that uh, sort of counterintuitively and certainly something that shouldn't be the role model, but that the community living on the site before 1972 kept the roofs rebuilt in mm -hmm. the traditional manner, kept the water flowing, uh, and really prevented looting simply by existing on the site. And the removal of the community and fencing of it, which is the correct intention of trying to protect it, has actually led to uh, significant problems on the site. So it That's makes right. for a really interesting case study in the different approaches to protecting the site. Okay, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you That's very much. Fantastic. What I would like to say is maybe we could add on to the archaeology a little bit of history. Yesterday I met somebody from Australia who was very interested in the First World War. And uh, Muwaffaq's father got some bullets in his backside from French airplanes. My grandfather. The grandfather, okay. So <laughs> these are fantastic stories. And I think, you know, uh, he's showing us the picture of Heil, Sheikh Heil Skrur's house. Mm -hmm. uh, this continuum gives us a nice story for the local and for outside people as far away as Australia. So uh, thank you very much, Muwaffaq, and I think uh, keep up the good work, you and, and you know, Bert and everybody else. As I say, thank hand by hand, heritage, hand by hand, you know, to protect our past, you know, and. Uh, Thank everybody and thank the organizers again. Thank the Department of Antiquities. Since Mund Dr. Mundir Jamhawi, you know, came to the department, you know, uh, shine light in Umul Jamal too, you know, and he's one of the helpful people, you know, for us in the project. Thank you, Dr. Mundir. Thank you for the organizers. Thank you. Let's protect our past. Thank you. Thank you.